Welcome, guys. How you doing? Good to be with you guys. I haven't been able to share a message for a while. And, I, you know, the other day I was making, not the other day, a few years ago, I think we were visiting my father and my mother-in-law in Spain. And I was making fun of my dad, which you shouldn't do that, kids. Don't make fun of your dad, especially if he's your swagger or your father-in-law. But I was making fun of my dad because he couldn't find his glasses and they were on the top of his head. Right now, after worship, I was looking for my glasses. I ran to the car, couldn't find them. I just told Vic, I can't find my glasses. He's like, they're on top of your head. <laughs> so if I'm a little short of breath, it's because I was running around looking for my glasses. Anyway, uh, good, to, good to see you guys. Um, I wasn't here with you last week uh, because I was in Costa Rica. Delivering that car, I know that Randy kind of went uh, and he shared the news with you guys, but we reached the goal, we went over the goal, and then God multiplied that goal. So that was great. We were able to buy a really nice car for the family. Uh, it was amazing. Sunday morning, right before you guys came over to church, I was there delivering the car to the pastors and uh, editing a video and trying to send it over so Randy could share it with you guys. But let me tell you, they are so, so excited and so thankful for, with all of you guys. We were able to buy a really nice car. We were able, able to uh, upgrade some of the parts on the car. And we were able to bless them with a little bit of materials for the garage. Because they didn't have a garage to keep their car. And in Costa Rica, that's important. Because it's a safety issue. But God is faithful. This is not the best part of the story. Let me tell you something. We didn't know about this. So when I was there, I was, uh, you know, doing the whole thing. And uh, the pastors, after receiving the gift, you know, that more, last Sunday morning, um, they shared with us over breakfast. Because after we gave them the car, we took them for breakfast. And um, they shared the, the, something with me that was very impressive. And it was that just about a month before uh, last week, uh, they went to a conference. And it was... Uh, Signs and Wonders Conference uh, with Ken Fish. He's a guy from the United States that God uses a lot for um, prophecy and all of these things. And he was teaching a class on that. And he brought some of his students with him to, to the church. And uh, they were going all around uh, Costa Rica. Thank you so much. They were going all around Costa Rica, uh, just visiting different churches and teaching about this. And in one of those days... Uh, the pastors that we blessed with a car with, they went to this conference. And uh, after the class, there was some time of ministry. And uh, one of the students came up on stage and said, I have a word. And he gets up on stage and he, it's a, it's a big auditorium. There's a lot of people there. And he points straight at Alfonso, Poncho, and he says, I see you and your family in a car. That was a month ago. That was a month ago, before we even start raising money for that car. And we didn't know that. I see you in a car. And he's, he goes on and says, I don't know if it's a physical car. I don't want to make promises, you know. He, I don't want to make promises. But sometimes in visions, a car means a new beginning, a new ministry. Of course, he just planted the church, so everything made sense, right? And so he's like doing that. And, and actually, he shares with me. And we've been praying for a car. And he says, and every time we pray for a car in the last year, even before getting that word of knowledge, we saw ourselves in a silver car, SUV. I had no clue. I looked at all different kinds of cars. Big and, and, and Randy can tell you, we looked at blue and red and black and all different kinds of cars. And God, when he makes promises, let me tell you guys, he delivers Amen. So can you give a hand to God? He is good. He's good. And the cool part is that we got to be part of that. Every one of us got to be part of that. Even if you didn't have the chance to give, if you pray for this family, you know, you were part of this. And isn't it so amazing that we get to be part of God's plan? A few months ago, um, I'm a real estate agent. And yeah, this is an advertising because I need some business. But anyway. <laughs> 
a few months ago, I was, I, yeah, I sold, I sold somebody's ha- uh, house. And I was just taking my sign out of the yard because it was sold. And uh, as I was doing that, the neighbor came over and talked to me, the, the, the neighbor next door. And she's like, oh, did you sell Christine and Willie's house? I'm like, yeah, we just sold it. And it was very good. We, we got a good deal and all that. Why? And she's like, well, I've been thinking of selling my house. I'm like, well, I can help you with that. I can definitely help you with that. And she's like, well, it's going to be, it's probably funny to you, she says, I don't know if you believe in God or not, but um, we are pastors, and we've been called to move away and start a new ministry in North Carolina, and we need to sell our house. I'm like, well, I'm a pastor too. <laughs> I'm a pastor in Bive Church in Clemson, and, and this is on, in the summit, here in the summit. And she's like, no way. And, of course, she's very Pentecostal. So she gets in the, in the driveway. We're in the middle of the street. She's in the driveway, and she's jumping, jumping up and down and saying, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He is good. He is mighty. And he's, she starts going on. And I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I haven't even sold your house. <laughs> right? And she's like, I was praying last night, and God told me, that the locks have changed. That the house was already sold. And that I needed to move because this was going to be a quick sell. And it was going to sell above asking price. I'm like, no pressure, right? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. And, I, and they, of course, inside of me, my humanness. Is that a word? In Spanish is a word. And if it's not, I can make it up and you would know, so, except my, my family here. But um, my humanness kind of came out and, and I was like, God, why you do this to me? You know, like, how God am I going to sell the house in, in such a little time? And, and over, above asking price, they're expecting too much. And he says, I heard him saying, did you make the promise? I'm like, no. Then why you worry about that? Yeah. I keep my promises. And uh, sure enough, we signed the papers. We signed the contract. The day that I was going to go uh, put it live on, on Facebook, I, it wasn't even live. On, we, we use about 97 websites to, to, you know, to market the properties. And, and the day that I was going to do that, the first thing I have to do is go to the house, put a lockbox on the door, Put my sign up before I put it on the market. While I was doing that, again, I'm in the yard putting my sign on the house, putting the lock on the door. And a a real estate agent is just doing drive-bys. And she comes to me and she says, hey, Reiner. I turn around and he's the same real estate agent that bought the house, that represented the people that sold the house, that bought the house next door. And she's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm about to list this house. It's going to be live later tonight. She's like, I'm looking for another house in this neighborhood. Can I see it? I'm like, go for it. Show it to your clients. The next morning before the, the, the house even hit the market, we had an offer. We had an offer. And it was that same day, that same day, we decided, oh, well, it's too soon to call it off, Right? My humanness again. I'm like, maybe we can get more. <laughs> the whole day we received offer after offer after offer after offer, but the first offer was still the highest one. The next day I was in Carowinds with my kids, and we were on the contract, and I didn't even know that this was going to happen. So I didn't trust myself, and I forgot about God's promise. Of course, this lady didn't forget. And when I told her, "Hey, guess what?" Um, we have this offer, and she's like, we'll take it. We knew that was going to be the one. <laughs> she's like, God told me. God told me. And you know what? This is all to say we have an eternal father that keeps his promises. He looks out for us every day, and he keeps every single promise he makes, and he takes care of all of his children you know, three weeks ago, we started this series, and this sermon series, we started talking about the names that Isaiah lists is on chapter 9 and verse 6, that we're going to be given to Jesus. 
And I want you to read this with me so we can remember what we've been talking about for the last three weeks. It says in Isaiah 9, 6, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. You know, this prophecy of the coming Christ was given hundreds of years before his birth. The prophecy of this child's birth tells us that this child wasn't going to be the usual kid. He was going to be special. That child was going to be unique. And of course, the one that Isaiah is speaking of in this prophecy is Jesus. And according to Isaiah chapter 9, we will be, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. And today we're going to be getting our attention to this name given to Jesus, Eternal Father, Everlasting Father. And to tell you the truth, when I was young, I kind of struggled with this, with the concept of calling Jesus my father. And I was puzzled when I was younger because even though it was explained to me as a prophecy, it was hard to refer to Jesus as my father. I had no problem on believing that Jesus was eternal, that Jesus is everlasting, but calling, calling him father kind of puzzled my mind, my mind. Because of course we got God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and God our Father, three in one. Three persons, three persons yet one God. And now I'm not going to discuss the, the Trinity in depth in this sermon, and we'll, we'll, we'll save that for another time. But if I call Jesus my eternal, my everlasting Father, it creates a dilemma in my mind because we already have God the Father. There's one Father in the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. The Son is not the Father. And the Father is the Father. At least that's what I thought. When I was younger, it was confusing. And this troubled my mind. But why is it that Isaiah makes a point of calling Jesus the Son? Our everlasting Father. And this is what I discovered along the years. One day I was in seminar, and one of my professors, while he was addressing this Bible verse, this prophecy in Isaiah, he started suggesting that there are so many people in the world that we, call, that we actually call father of, right? Because they, they, they're the pioneers of something. They're the igniters of a change, a discovery, a new era, an invention, a revolution. You know, we refer to Hippocrates. I don't even know how to pronounce that in English, so I'm not even going to try. And we refer, we refer to Hippocrates as the father of mother, mother medicine, right? We refer to the Wright brothers as the fathers of modern aviation. We call Nikola Tesla the father of AC electricity and the... Uh, induction mo motors. And in Costa Rica, we call Jose Maria Hipólito Figueres Ferrer, that's a mouthful, right? The father of the Republic or the New Republic of Costa Rica that came independent in 1981. Uh, I mean, 18, 1821, I'm sorry. So, what, what title do we give to George Washington here in the United States? The father of our nation, right? And in fact, we call those people who were there as our nation was being formed the founding fathers, right? So we have no problem calling all of these people father of, father of our nation. Because they were involved in the conception of a new idea, a new concept, a new nation. Now let me ask you this. Can we consider for a minute if that could be actually the title that Isaiah is giving to Jesus right here? Eternal Father. Is he referring maybe to, to a revolution? To a person that was going to ignite a new era? 
And as I was growing up, I dug a little deeper. And here's what I found. Some of the early translations of the Bible rendered the title Eternal Father or Everlasting Father as Father of a Future Age. It could also be translated as the Father of Eternity. And when I understand Christ's title in this sense, it is more, it's less puzzling for me. It's much more comfortable to call him my everlasting father. Because I know that Christ will live forever. He's everlasting. But I also know that he was the beginning. He was the beginning of a new age, a new covenant. He was the beginning of a new era. He's truly the father of eternity. God himself didn't have a problem giving Isaiah this prophecy. You got to remember this. God himself, God the Father, gave Isaiah this prophecy and said, he will be known as everlasting father. And you know what? If we read the scriptures, Christ always existed. We celebrate in Christmas his birth. But he always existed and he will exist forever. He was always there. If we look at John 1, 1, 4, just listen what it says. It says, in the beginning was the word, meaning Jesus. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only forgotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. So what the Bible is teaching us is that Jesus is eternal. He is everlasting. He was in the beginning and he will always be there. He was involved in the creation of all things. And in fact nothing will exist if it wasn't for him. Yet, he became man. He came among us. He's the father of the creation and he decided to come among us. He's the father of a new covenant for you and me. And today as we look at Jesus being our everlasting father, we're going to look at three qualities of that eternal father and what it means to us today. And I'm going to try to keep it very simple because I want to spend some time at the end praying for us to understand that He is our Father as we move on to the new year. The first thing is that Jesus' character does not change. Christ's character doesn't change. This is part of His everlasting. It will not change. It was always the same and it will always be the same. You know, Chris Stumbling, one of the Worship, uh, contemporary worship uh, singers or writers uh, in the last decades, he, he wrote a song. And I think he's right on, on target when he's, he's expressing how everlasting our Father is. He, he writes this song and he says, Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. For He is good. He is above all things. His love endures forever. From the rising sun to the setting sun, His love endures forever. By the grace of God, we will carry on because His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise. And then He moves on and, and, and says, Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. Forever God is with us. Forever and ever and ever. Isn't that powerful? Can you imagine going out in the world and living knowing that our everlasting Father is there at every step we take? Wouldn't our lives be so much different if we face the world with this attitude, knowing that our everlasting Father, our faithful God, our strong God is with us in every step? He's not... A religious idea. He is a fact. He is a fact. He is true and he is alive. Yes, he is part of the Trinity. 
Jesus is God. And this means that the character of Jesus doesn't change. His mercy, His love, His grace, His forgiveness do not change. They are the same every day. From the dawning of the day to the setting of the sun, they are the same. His qualities are the same. He remains the same no matter what happens. His character does not change. Look at what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can you let this word pound in your heart and in your mind? As you remember the 2021 year and you feel like there were days that God wasn't the same? That your relationship with Him wasn't the same? That you felt like the distance between you and Him wasn't the same? Can you let these birds pound in your heart and in your mind and remind you that he, he's the same. he was the same yesterday, He will be the same today, and He will be the same forever and ever. He doesn't change. We change. We run away. We go far. We forget. One of the stories that I turn to every time is the story of the prodigal son. And although it is a simple story, it has so many aspects to it that it's just amazing. You know the story. The son goes off and just wastes all of his inheritance money. He goes a far, to a far country and squatters all of his money. And when he runs out of money, he runs out of friends and ends up in a in a in a pig's pen, eating from the slop and the fat of the pigs. This is the most humiliating place a Jew could be at that point. And he's there. And he sits there thinking, how many of my father's workers are probably eating enough and they have even food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'm going to go back. He says, I'm going to go back and I'm going to beg my dad to treat me as one of his workers, at least. But how can he come to this conclusion, guys? How can he sit there after all he's done and think, I'm going to go back? Here's what I think. I think it's because the son knew that the character of the father was still the same. He knew that kind of father, the kind of father that he had. He knew that the character of the father did not change despite of what he'd done. He knew that maybe their relationship wasn't the same. There was probably going to have to be some tough conversations. He was going to have to repent. But he knew that it didn't matter because his dad still loved him. He knew that the character of the father was consistent. He knew that the father was full of forgiveness. He knew that the father was full of mercy. He knew that the father was full of love. So he had hope. Hope that maybe the doors of his home will still be open for him. And he knew that the relationship wasn't going to be the same. But he knew that this was the best thing to do. Run back home. And plead for mercy. Plead for forgiveness. For kindness. I can just imagine that along the way, the son was just practicing what he was going to say. He was just probably going, he was going through his mind all the things that he needed to say to his dad. And he probably reminded, you know, he was reminded of all the times that his father told him how much he loved him. Maybe he even told him before he left, no matter how far you go, you always can come back home. And he was probably remembered of all these things. And, and they were growing inside as he was approaching his house. And I think this was a speech that he practiced. Every step of the way he was practicing, how was he going to talk to his father? But before he could even blurt a word out of his mouth, his father ran to him. He threw his arms around 
this boy and kissed him. He had no, no, no express, he had no, no fear. He didn't need to do anything but receive the love. You know, one of the most beautiful parts of our everlasting Father is that He always leaves the, the door open to us. His arms are always open for us. No, no matter how far we run, Jesus is waiting to throw his, throw his arms around you and remind you how much He loves you. How much He loves you. Yes, we'll have time to talk about your mistakes and your issues and the things that you can improve. But first of all, I want to remind you, I love you. Run back home. I'm just happy that you're back. I'm just happy that you understand that there's a place for you. Like we were singing earlier, there's a place for me in my father's house. That is amazing. That's why Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, the second point I want to make about our everlasting Father is that Jesus' compassion doesn't change. So His character doesn't change, and His compassion doesn't change. And through the Gospels, we find that Jesus was full of compassion. For example, we read in Matthew 9.36 that when He saw the multitudes, He was moved to compassion. For them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. Now in Mark 1, 40, 41, we read that it says, now, now the leaper came to him, imploring him and begging, kneeling down to him and saying, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And then it says, Jesus was moved to compassion. He stretched out his hand and touched the leper. And he said, I am willing to be clean. So just a few minutes ago, I referred to the story of the prodigal son. And one of the things I had never noticed before, and I find in Luke chapter 15 and verse 20, is that he says this, But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran through and threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. I don't know if you catch that, but the father became filled with compassion. And he became, this compassion became the motivation for his reaction. He got up and ran to his son. And I went and looked up at, to the, uh, the word compassion, and it means suffering with another. It means painful sympathy. It means a sensation of sorrow, excitement that is, is paired with distress or misfortunes of another person. It, this compassion is a mixture of passion compounded with love and sorrow. And this is a feeling that grows in your gut. And you can't, do, you can't help yourself but do something for that person that is suffering. You know what? Isn't it amazing to read that God has compassion on you and me? That He cares about our suffering. He's not just there waiting for us to worship and give and all of these things. He's, he cares about those dark days that we go through. When Jesus sees that we're going through distress and troubles, he has compassion on us and he sees the mess and he stretches his hand and he touches us. Even though we may feel unworthy, even though we may feel shame, he goes out and runs through you and throws his arms around you. He's moved with compassion. So when life has been hard, when we have been dealt a bad hand, when disaster after disaster follows, follows us around like, like a great cloud, when the whole world seems to be falling apart around us, God is moved with compassion. The compassion of Jesus. And this moves Him to rescue each one of us. To save us. Because the compassion of God doesn't change. He knows we need Him. He knows that every day we need more of His presence. You know what? We live in a world where we can get broken up, scratched up, dinged up. 
We get dents and bruises. And sometimes our, these are physical. Sometimes these are emotional. But we live in a world where we can get hurt. That's no secret. We can, we can have broken bones, broken relationships, broken hearts. But I am glad that there's one who will have compassion for me and you. There's one that has compassion on you every time, every single time. And that moves his hand. When you and I surrender to him, when you and I just fall on our face and just say, God, we need you. There's nothing else I can do but run back home. I need your presence. I need your love. I need your forgiveness. I need your passion, your compassion. He's moved. He's moved to do something on your behalf. And I don't know what you're going through or the things that you went through this year, but Jesus' character doesn't change. He keeps his promises. And he said he wasn't going to forsake you ever. His compassion doesn't change. There's still this emotion inside that moves God in favor of his children. We are children of God. We just sang a whole song, song list about our Father, about being God's children, about the privilege of knowing that we're not alone, that there's a place for us in His house. Now the question is, we can sing about it, we can talk about it, but do you believe it? Do you believe that you have a God that is going to work all things for those who love Him? Do you love God? Do you love God? So his character and his compassion do not change. And let me close with this. Jesus' Jesus's commitment does not change. His commitment doesn't change. Now if you look around you, If you think about your gear, the blessings that you have. We live in a blessed country. Every meal you had, maybe some of them were tougher to get than others. Maybe there were days that you were struggling financially or you had health issues. But as you look around you, as you look at creation, as you get your eyes away from the storm, And you place your eyes on Jesus. I think you and me can agree that he was there. At every step of the way. Even when it was dark. Even when things got rough. Even when we make mistakes. God was there. And sometimes we just it just takes a moment for us to pay attention. Pay attention to God's creation, to God's love, to God's mercy, to his forgiveness, to the opportunity and the chance that we have to have a place like this to come together and worship. Things that we take for granted that other people are longing for in other latitudes of the world. And God keeps calling your name. God keeps calling your name and saying, Hey, I'm here. I'm here. Just run back to me. I don't need you to explain anything. Because I was there when it happened. I don't need you to explain yourself because I was there when it happened. And I know I went down. Just run back home. Just run back home. Folks, in the home I grew up in, my father was always there. He never abandoned us. I can't say that I suffered a traumatic childhood or anything like that. And I know that this is not the case for everybody. 
But even if your earthly father fail you, you and I can say today that we have the best father. We have an everlasting father that cares for you and me. He cares about your needs. He doesn't care about the things that the world cares. He cares about you. He cares about your soul. He cares about your your well-being. He cares about your eternity. He paid the price for you and me to be close to him. Not just now, but forever. You and I share one common thing and it's that we have the best dad ever. He's Abba Father. You can call up on his name at any point and he will answer. He's there for you. But he takes time for you to cultivate this relationship with him. He takes a decision for you to get out of that mess that you're in and just run back home. You know, I remember a few years back, I was teaching in Costa Rica a discipleship class. And we were going through the book of Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren's book. And he had ju- we just had finished this chapter that is called I'm Not an Accident, right? And one of the members of our church came up to me and said that that chapter was really tough for them. He said that he he was being he he was brought up on a house that was loving and caring, but he it wasn't the his parents were not his real parents because he was abandoned at birth. He was given up for adoption at birth, and he always felt rejected. He couldn't see the love in his in his adopting parents. He was blinded to all of that goodness because he was always holding on to that anger, that resentment, the rejection of his real father and mother. And as as they read this chapter, I'm not an accident, it helped them realize that that he was loved and that he he had value and he had worth. And he came to realize that his heavenly father his eternal father, his everlasting father, consider him not an accident. And he realized that he will never abandon her. Folks, eternal means everlasting. It means forever. And when we apply this term to Jesus, it always becomes a declaration of his faithfulness. His trustworthiness, His goodness, His love, His mercy. And all of these things are everlasting. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter if you are with the pigs in the mud. Even if you feel like you touch rock bottom, God's love for you doesn't change. His character doesn't change. His compassion doesn't change. His commitment to you doesn't change. In His eyes, you're still valuable. You're still worthy. You're still the person that He's willing to die for. One time I heard somebody illustrating this like this. He pulled out a $100 bill. And he said, well, how much is this worth? $100, right? What if I... Just wrinkle it. How much is it worth? $100. What if I throw it in the ground and I start stomping on it and, and kicking it and throwing it away? $100. Would you take this like this? Sure, right? Any given day. Well, this is what happens to us. Yeah, life is tough. Life can be messy. But in the eyes of God, you're still worth dying for. You're still worth dying for. All He wants is for you and me to run back home. 
All he wants is for you and me to understand that he is our everlasting father. That that doesn't change at all. That you have a choice, not just because it's the new year coming up. It's not a new year resolution. It should be every morning's resolution. Run back to God. Run back to God. You know, the prophet Jeremiah testifies about our Lord's eternal faithfulness and trustworthiness and goodness and love and mercy. When he says in Lamentations 3.22, because of the Lord's faithful love. Listen to this. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For His mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. I say the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will put my hope in Him. No matter what comes my way. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. To the person who seeks His face. He is good. And it is good to wait quietly for deliverance from the Lord. You know, God has promised that He is going to be there for you and me. And I know this is the end of a year and the beginning of a new one. But look what God says to you in Jeremiah chapter 20, 29, 11. Listen, I know what I'm doing. God is telling you, I, am, I know what I'm doing. Stop telling me what to do. I know what I'm doing, guys. I have it all planned out. And these are plans to take care of you. Not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for God is a God that keeps promises He's our everlasting and this is the promise that you want to hold on to He is your everlasting Father and He's got a plan for you now uh, let me ask you this are you willing to follow His plan for your life I hope you are. If not, 2022 is going to be rough. <laughs> and I'm not making any promises. Because I can't keep all of my promises, but God can. And I know that He will be there for you, even if there's dark days in the coming year or in the future ahead of us. But God, God's everlasting character will be there for you. Would you stand up? And I, I really felt when I was preparing this message that, of course, every day His mercies are new and we should make this vow every day. But what if since it's our last Sunday of this, 20, this year, 2021, what if we end this year just praying for it, being thankful for all the days that he was there for us. Maybe you have something that you need to say. Let God just wrap his arms around you. Close your eyes where you're at so no, nothing distracts you. This is not a ritual, religious ritual. It's just so nothing distracts you. Close your eyes. And just think about the year. And as you do that, and you start feeling the urge of just spilling out words to God. Let Him stop you there. And just embrace you with His arms. While He says, it's okay. It's okay. I was there. It's okay. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to cry. You don't have to... You don't have to explain yourself. It's okay. Let him stop you there. Before a word comes out of your mind, mouth, let's just let him stop you there.
I know it was rough. I know it was hard. I know there were good days and bad days. I know there were decisions you regret making. I know there were words that you regret saying. But it's okay. I haven't changed. God is telling you today, I haven't changed. My love for you hasn't changed. I was there and I will always be there for you. And we're going to walk this journey together. God is telling you, we're going to walk this journey together. And you're going to see my promises being fulfilled. We'll have time to talk about all of the things that need to change in your life. But right now, I, I'm just glad you're here. I'm just glad you picked this moment to spend time with me and hear my voice remind you that you are not alone, that I'm your everlasting Father, that I am your God, I'm your friend, I'm your Father. your hands and just like in sign of surrender and saying God give me whatever you have for me you know the Bible says that sometimes we don't even know the words to pray we don't even know what to ask for the Holy Spirit intercedes for each one of us so in this stillness in silence just, just place your hands out and say I'm here, God. I know you know better. I know you know better. You know my heart. Can you say that, God? You know my heart. You know the things I'm struggling with, the things I long for, the things I care about, the things that worry me. I don't even know how to ask where to begin, God. So can you just say, God, let heaven come. Like we were singing earlier, let your kingdom come in my life as it is in heaven. Let your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Say, God, I want to make a commitment To, to search for you, to look for you in every corner, in every moment of my life. That this year will be a year where I get to know you, that I stop saying I heard about you and I start saying, but now I see you. But now I see you. That this will be the year's resolution to get to know you so you add everything else. Father, we, we pray for our church. We pray for Colombia. We pray for South Carolina. We pray for our country, God. As we close a year where we've seen your hand in good days and in bad days, Lord, we ask, Lord, that you bless our church, your church, that you will continue to build your church around the world And even in our local church, here by church, God, that this will be a year to remember, God. That we can look back into 2021 and remember this day where we pray and we surrender and we turn around and say, God, it is you. It's all about you. Father, that this will be a year where we experience your presence at any gathering, Lord. That we can experience your spirit, your presence, Lord. That you will bless our pastor, Randy and Robin, and all of the team around them, Lord. That you will bless this church, Lord, with 
resources to continue to do the work that you send us to do and that we can see many families come to life. Father, I pray for each one of us represented here today and our families and our jobs and all of the things represented here, Lord, that we can see at the end of this coming year, Lord, that you were there. We ask for, for you to surprise us each day, Lord. And that our attention will be there, always on you, always on you. Father, don't allow us to get distracted with things that are not worth paying attention to. God, let us just see you in every step, in the little things, in the whisper, in the stillness, in the small details you have with each one, each one of us, Lord. Let us re be reminded that you are there. Let us be able to rest in the middle of the storm, rest in your promises. We love you, God. We love you, God, and we just want to experience more of you. We pray for healing for those that are sick, that are finishing the year with an illness. We pray for provision for those that are struggling financially, Lord. We pray for emotional healing for those that are hurting, for those that are struggling emotionally, Lord. We, play, we pray for joy for those that haven't been able to find it lately. We pray for purpose for those that, that are in need to feeling like they, they matter. We pray for renewal of strength, renewal of strength, God, for those that are feeling tired. We pray for your presence for those that are feeling lonely. We pray for good relationships, for love, that for those that are feeling rejected or abandoned or they're just in need of friends. We pray for forgiveness for those that need forgiven, need to be forgiven, and, or those that need to forgive someone, God. Let us get rid of all the luggage and the garbage that we carry, Lord, and, and rest in you. Carry your yoke that is easy. We love you, God. And we give you thanks for this year because you've been good. You've been good, God. And your love endures forever. Amen. His love endures forever. Can you give God a, a round of applause? He's been good. Before you leave, why don't you take some time and just say hi to each other. Ask if there's any needs of prayer. Pray for each other. You know, it, this is the last time we see each other. If, you, if we only see each other on Sundays, this is the last time we see each other in 2021. <laughs> so God bless you. God, may God provide everything you need. Seriously, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. See what the Lord wants to do next year. Right? Crazy how fast it went. God bless you. Bring somebody to life. <laughs>